Welcome to Kindreds, a podcast for soul sisters. I'm Ashley Peterson. And I'm Katie Zay. We're kindred spirits talking all things faith, feminism, and friendship from our homes in the South. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Katie. It's been a while. It really has. How did that happen? I don't know. You know, we were looking at our calendars. I really thought that our last episode was released in October, but it was definitely September. <laughs> it's been it's been a whirlwind of a few months, yeah. so it's really good to be back recording Kindreds with you for this wrap-up episode for 2021. Yeah, and thanks to our listeners for just hanging in there with us. <laughs> we appreciate you so much. <laughs> Luckily, there are many other podcasts to have filled up the empty space, but hopefully... Oh, Lord. Hopefully yes. we got you back now, and we're yeah really, really grateful for your patience. And speaking of that, we want to thank our faithful patrons who have continued to support the show, yes. even as we haven't created much content over the last few months. So just want to thank them. Yeah. They're so special to us, and it really does make us feel supported and cared for. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And as a gift to them and to everybody else, we have done our annual tradition of creating a playlist on Spotify. Yes. Yes. And so I think it's fun. just called 2021 Kindreds Playlist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Kindreds 2021, if I remember right. Yes. All right. We will put a link in the show notes. Go look yes. it up. Um, we hope you enjoy it. It definitely has a feel for like our journeys throughout this year. And hopefully it mm-hmm. brings you a little bit of like, oh, I can see myself in this playlist too. Yeah, yeah. I really love, we've been talking about this a lot, but going back and listening to our old playlists over the years, it's like, I can remember where I was when I added that song, like where I was in my head um, Mm -hmm. and and what that song meant to me when I put it on the list. And we've had people, you know, listeners have have told us that they like those playlists too. So it's a, a fun little thing for us to be able to do. Yeah, I love it too, for all the reasons that you said. So I know a lot has been going on for both of us, Mm -hmm. but you want to share like what the last few months have been like on your end? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, there's a reason why we haven't recorded since September. A lot is happening in our off-air worlds. So mm-hmm. uh, we thought this last episode of the year would be a good time to just wrap up, fill you in on our lives, and talk about what's next. This is likely on everyone's radar, but things got really intense for those of us working in abortion rights activism this fall, and it's the main reason that things got quiet over here on Kindreds. So in September, Texas passed SB 8, which bans abortion after six weeks before most people even know they're pregnant, and this is the one that you probably heard of with the $10,000 bounty on anyone who gets an abortion, provides an abortion, or helps someone get an abortion after six weeks. And the Supreme Court has so far declined to intervene on this, so abortion clinics are effectively shut down in Texas. Yeah, we're still waiting on a ruling in this. There was an emergency case brought before them, but they have not ruled yet as of the mm-hmm. recording date, which is December 10th. I thought for sure they would do it before the Dobbs oral arguments, but mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I guess not. So not long after Texas passed their ban, the Supreme Court set the date to hear oral arguments on the Mississippi 15-week abortion ban case, which is Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Those oral arguments were on December 1st, uh, just <sighs> a week ago now. <laughs> I just... It feels like so much has happened in the last couple of months. It's wild. So from mid-August to now, it has been all hands on deck in the reproductive rights world. It has been incredibly difficult to focus on anything else. And to be brutally honest, 
you know, speaking for myself, my personal life, my spiritual life, my emotional and physical well-being is really suffering right now. I don't know if mm-hmm. you can relate to that, Katie. Uh, yes. <laughs> Cosa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's true for us. It's true for our colleagues and really anyone who is closely following and is impacted or harmed by these issues. Like we're all just struggling. Mm-hmm. And when you consider that we went into 2021 already worn out, the pandemic isn't over, parenting is as tough as ever, right now it's really just one foot in front of the other for me. <laughs> I'm going to say that 2021 was worse for me than 2020. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with it's that just too. one long year. One long year, bad. One 24-month-long year. (laughs) Please let this be the end of it. I know. So for folks who are interested in learning a little bit more about what it's like to work in abortion activism, especially right now, I want to lift up this podcast that I've been listening to called Abortion with Love by Mm -hmm. Camila Ochoa Mendoza. And look specifically for the recent episodes called Activist Heartbreak and On Boundaries and Protecting Your Energy. Activist Heartbreak. I have never felt so seen in my life. I know. It's so good. And the one um, about boundaries and protecting your energy. What's cool about both of them is their interviews with activists who talk about the demands on us in this space where we are sort of expected to give of ourselves even when we're off the clock, technically Mm -hmm. off the clock, we're supposed to Mm -hmm. make this our lives. And Mm -hmm. so they talk about like the need for boundaries and why it's okay to not go to the mat for abortion with every stranger you meet. You know what I mean? That it's okay Mm -hmm. to like protect that and, and protect your energy and save it for the work and the times when it can make the most impact and not just, give it all away all the time, which is not something that I understood until honestly too late in my career for Mm. it to be useful. You know what I mean? Like it was, those are things that it, it would be really amazing if new activists could hear and affirm that like, it's okay to, to be off the clock. So anyway, especially like those of you that are doing this work these two episodes of the abortion with love podcast are just really affirming and validating for your experience and then for folks that if you love an activist and you want to know why they might be struggling right now (laughs) these would be great um to listen to but we don't want to spend this whole episode rehashing all of this tragedy (laughs) In prepping for this episode, we were realizing that even in the midst of all of this horrible stuff, we have accomplished some incredible things and we've grown in some really important ways. And so let's wrap up 2021 or 2020 part two (laughs) by focusing on what we're proud of, shall we? Mm -hmm. So Katie, where should we start? Let's start with this. Let's start with kindreds this world that you and i dreamed up in 2016 and have been building since 2017 that's quite a long commitment quite a long relationship with a project this is our 63rd episode jeez that we've made all on our own i mean this has been a diy you know project that we do at home in the midst of parenting little kids and full-time leadership jobs in a tough space which you already talked about surviving a pandemic, trying to take care of ourselves. And as I was thinking about that piece, I really do feel like Kindred's has been essential to the self-care 
Mm-hmm. It really has because it's been mm-hmm. a space for me to connect with you, my soul sister, mm-hmm. where we've gotten to process what's going on in our lives in real time and to create something on our own terms, not because anybody wanted us to, but just because yeah. we want to. Yeah. Yep. I That's agree. been really beautiful to have that. Even though sometimes it feels like work. Right. It's yeah. a different kind of work. <laughs> It is a different kind of work. And it's the kind of work where we can say, you know, this topic doesn't feel right right now, or I don't have mm-hmm. the energy to to do this, um, you know, deep dive into a topic we need to learn a lot about. So let's take it easy this month. Let's talk about the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> like, Or let's take some time off. Let's take some time off. Like having yeah. that freedom and flexibility is what has kept this going, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, not turning it into work and not putting pressure on it to become – we're not trying to get famous. We're not trying to get rich. And I think that that helps a lot. <laughs> but also good practice. Like I think about both of us and how much we struggle with those kinds of things of just letting mm-hmm. ourselves off the hook. And like this has been yep. a safe place for us to do that and experiment with yeah. that. Because I know I've for a long time felt very beholden to we have to put an episode out every month and it needs to mm-hmm. be like this. And like really just relaxing out of that and the letting mm-hmm. it be what it's going to be, I think has been a really important practice. And I'll, I'll touch on that again later on. In the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to lift this up because a few weeks ago, it might've actually just been last week. It might've been the day of the oral arguments. I post on Facebook. I think it I'm was. like, I'm like, those of us who work in this space could really use some love. We are not okay. And by that, I mean, yeah. I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah. And I got so much amazing encouragement from people, but One of our listeners, Angelique, wrote on my wall and gave me permission to share what she said because she actually talked about kindreds, which I was not expecting in that chain. Mm. She said, I recently took a work trip driving 12 hours total and I spent the entire time binging the kindreds podcast, which Mm. I'm like, whoa. That's a lot of our voices. (laughs) I couldn't do that. Um, It fed my spirit in ways I can't explain. You have power. You have impact. Um, And it just meant the world to me, like, to hear – someone say that that it impacted them that it was powerful like we just do this show we put it out there and don't always connect with the people who listen to it and I was looking at our stats we've had almost 30,000 listens since we launched Kindreds Mm. which like in the grand scheme of podcasting is like not a big deal but dang it that's big like that's a lot of ears yes that is a lot of ears Mm -hmm. and it's an honor to reach so many people with our show like it's just yeah it's an honor to have someone spend the time to listen to a conversation that we're having. I don't take that lightly mm-hmm. at all. So Same. to know that it's a mutual relationship, it just, it means a lot. So I wanted to just yeah. thank Angelique for that. And I, I hope others of you resonate with that. Yeah. And of course, Thanks, yes, thank you. And of course, one of the biggest highlights of the whole show and this year was yes. interviewing Suma Kid. Was that this year? <laughs> I don't know. How? How? I don't know. That was so much fun. That was so good and such a highlight to get to talk to her and ask her all these things we've wondered about. And she answered them so beautifully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I felt really seen in that conversation with her. It was really Mm -hmm. sacred. I'm so grateful that we got to do that together. That was definitely a dream come true. Um, and I think around that one, it might have been the next episode where we talked about making our way through burnout felt like mm. a really important um, episode for me, especially because it I was really tapping into my own personal truth about the work that I need to do to heal and care for myself. And I just felt mm. like 
I was proud of my vulnerability in that episode. Yeah. So what about you? I lifted up some things, but are there other things from this year that we did on the yeah. show that you're proud of? Yeah, well, in the Kindred's world, I really loved our two-parter that we recorded on Christian supremacy, anti-Semitism, and religious freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think because that topic really felt like it was a long time coming, and I'm glad we finally have started talking about it and naming it explicitly. And we also got some really good listener feedback on those episodes in particular. And of course, Sheila Katz is amazing and probably my favorite interview guests that we've had so wow that's, well that's maybe what on par with sue Monk kid yeah yeah she and sue are are tied yes <laughs> i'll um, let her know <laughs> yeah she's, yeah she's tied for first she was just so easy and fun to talk to she is um, i completely agree i was less yeah. nervous talking to her that's for sure <laughs> well yes exactly and it's not always an easy conversation interviewing uh mm -hmm. is really difficult it's a lot <laughs> We've talked about this a bit. It's it's a lot more relaxed and a lot more fun when it's just you and I talking. When we bring on a third person, there's a whole other mm -hmm. like layer of prep work that has to happen. And then recording might be awkward. Mm -hmm. It might not flow well. There's a lot more editing that happens yeah. afterward to make the conversation feel natural. And so it, for, with Sheila, mm -hmm. it was really mm -hmm. easy. And honestly with Sue too, but she is just a, a serious professional. So I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. Well, on a more personal note, though, I started this episode talking about what makes abortion activism hard, but I also want to share some recent moments of joy that I have experienced. Um, last week on December 1st, and I guess it'll be a few weeks ago once we get this released, but it was the day of the oral arguments for the Dobbs case. The Mississippi Abortion Access Coalition held a day of action in Jackson, Mississippi, and my organization, Faith and Women, is a proud founding member of the coalition and was part of the planning team for the Day of Action. Abortion activists from Texas, Louisiana, Georgia, and Mississippi gathered for the whole day to be together in community on a day that we knew would be really hard. We started with a listening session for oral arguments in the morning. We had a rally midday outside the governor's mansion. And then we wrapped up the day with a really beautiful abortion storytelling event in the evening. So it was a long day, but there were some really incredible and beautiful moments that I'll never forget. And I just want to share one in particular. Mm -hmm. So the main thing that I will carry with me forever is the joy that I witnessed at the rally that we had. It was a gorgeous, sunny, and cool day. We, Like I said, we were outside the governor's mansion in this really pretty like pocket park um, that had like herb gardens and stuff and this really pretty kind of covered amphitheater type setup. And there was a DJ playing Beyonce and Lizzo and people were dancing, including like there were little babies, like, you know, doing that little like butt wiggle dance and just yes, the, the booty, booty dance. dance. <laughs> so cute. There were food trucks that were sponsored by the local ACLU. And so everyone that came that day got a free meal. Folks who hadn't seen each other, activists that worked together virtually but hadn't been in person together since before the pandemic were just excited to be and share energy together. And also it was the first event – a lot of us were talking about this. It was the first event we could remember that specifically focused on the abortion activism happening on the ground in Mississippi, Texas, and Louisiana, that kind of fifth circuit. A lot of times the work – 
is directed more at D.C. or um, maybe like just one state in particular, but one case in one state affects us all, you know. Mm-hmm. The voices of black and brown women were centered that day, and the speakers were so powerful and real. And yes, there were some aggressive, violent, anti-choice extremists, and I'll just say they were all white men. They had Bibles, and mm-hmm. like they were carrying loudspeakers, and they were wearing body cams and trying to provoke violence so that they could put it online and talk about how violent the protest was or whatever. But despite what you might have seen portrayed in the media that made it look like there was an equal presence, there were literally five anti-choice protesters and over a hundred of us. So they got loud and we just got louder. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And an image that I will never forget, every time one of those anti-choice extremists tried to approach the main stage to scream horrible things at one of the speakers... He was immediately encircled by a crowd of peaceful activists who wouldn't let him get any closer. And many of them were holding posters that we passed out, hand-painted by my colleague at Faith in Women, that said things like, God loves people who have abortions, and abortion heals, and abortion is a blessing. And that will never leave my memory and feels like one of the most important things I've ever been part of. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more that I could say about the whole day, but I just wanted to share that moment with our listeners. And I'm honestly still processing all the feelings. It's it's a lot. <laughs> but, but yeah, I just wanted to lift that up. Yeah. Wow. I'm like very emotional thinking. It's such a beautiful image and it's such a different way of holding power. And I think mm-hmm. in justice movements that are often focused on a charismatic leader – you know, mm-hmm. to yep. to carry it really like to think of a model of that like community coming together to protect. Yeah. You know, the person speaking because this was something I heard about, like the Supreme Court rally was really had a very different tone from what I've heard from colleagues who were there from the one that you're describing in mm. terms of the presence of like white supremacists being there. Yeah. Um, who really were able to disrupt. Um, mm. But I just I love that image of like vulnerable people who should be speaking are speaking and then the community takes on the responsibility of protecting that person and the event in a peaceful calming like beautiful um sacred way it's very divine feminine to me like you all were really embodying the divine feminine and we need more of that in this work in this world oh yes (laughs) hard agree so i just want (laughs) to say in the least condescending way possible just how proud i am of you because that is no small thing and like what you've built. Okay, I'm going to need you to talk for a second. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Thanks, friend. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that so much. You know, you've been with us from the very beginning. I think I've said here on Kindreds before, but when I started Faith in Women in 2015, one of the very first phone calls that I ever made was to you when you were working mm-hmm. for the Methodist church in DC. And I think I was just connected to you. Somebody had heard of the healthy families, healthy planet program that you were running and was like, you should give this person a call. And I did. And your fingerprints have been all over the, the work of faith and women from day one. So, you know, I appreciate you. Well, I'm grateful. And that was definitely a spirit 
mm-hmm. uh, designed phone call. Because I don't usually remember the first time I talked to someone. Because mm-hmm. I would talk to people all the time. But I do remember that conversation. And I'm so glad that this work has brought us together. Me too. And just to watch you build something in such a difficult time, in such a difficult environment, that's true to who you are and true to your spirituality. That had such a beautiful impact at such a key moment. It's really quite poignant. So I'm really, really grateful for you and your leadership. Thank you. Um, I don't have anything quite that poignant to share, but the big thing for me this year was I finished my second book. Um, a complicated choice, making space for grief and healing in the pro-choice movement, which I started during the pandemic, um, during that summer of 2020 with my kid at home and my husband working full time and me working full time. And I'm just so honored to have gotten an opportunity to write this book at this time. I, I didn't know when I started it that we would be in this moment that we're in. So I'm grateful to spirit for that timing. Um, And honestly, I really struggle with being a mouthpiece for my own work. It's really something I don't enjoy. Um, But I will say I really do believe that this book is going to provide healing to people who have experienced abortion and everything that goes with that. And I really believe it's going to help people talk about abortion in a more compassionate way and a less judgmental way. I really do. I really do. I believe in that. You don't want to be a mouthpiece, but I will (laughs) for your work. She is downplaying this book, y'all. I just want to say that. (laughs) What I don't know if you've been able, if we've talked about a complicated choice very much on Kindreds yet, but I don't think so. I I don't think so either. But the what this book actually is like, Katie spent months interviewing people who've had abortions and talking to them about what went into the decision making. And what what types of um, spiritual support they had or didn't have in that process and how we could approach this conversation in a more compassionate way. And Katie took those words that people shared with her in trust and created a book that honors and affirms the gift that they're giving to us in sharing their mm-hmm. stories. And that is a significant uh, responsibility that you took on. And I have not read the final product yet, but I trust because I know you, I know your heart, and I know what you intended with this book. You know, I, I trust that when you say that you think that this book is going to really help people um, think differently about abortion and, and talk about it in a more compassionate way. I absolutely know that that's going to be the truth. And I think that this book couldn't come at a better time. We've needed it a long time ago, frankly, and I just can't wait to be able to lift it up on kindreds. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It'll be, I'm, I'm giving this one to spirit and saying, do with it what, you wish because mm-hmm. I really don't know. It's kind of mm-hmm. one of the vulnerabilities of creating something, as you know, is like mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen, but um, I'm excited to bring it into the world. And it'll release on February 15th. You can order it, pre order it now everywhere on the internet. We recommend Yay. local bookstores or bookshop.org to do that or through the publisher, which is Broadleaf Books. But yeah, I'm excited to maybe we can do an episode about it. Of course we will. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited and proud of you. Oh, thank you, friend. You are you are really influential in the 
initial thinking around that book. Like we talked a lot about mm-hmm. it before because I was pitching different things and I really feel like you helped me claim my own truth and voice because I had a lot of people in my ears about what to do. Yeah. And I feel like our conversations were really, really pivotal in terms of landing where I did. And I'm really thankful for you being a thought partner in all the things, (laughs) all the projects. (laughs) Well, I'm thankful for you, too. And um, I can't believe I'm actually about to share this news. (laughs) But I have some pretty big news. Y'all probably remember our episode earlier this year that Katie talked about at the top of the show. It's called Finding Our Way Through Burnout. If you listen to that one, you might have an idea of what I'm about to say. And if you haven't, I highly recommend listening to it because we get pretty honest and real about what it's like to work in our profession. So in just a few weeks, I will be saying goodbye to Faith and Women and taking an indefinite break from repro work, which is... I kind of want to, like, clap for you. I know. It's such a I'm going to do a little clap, not into the mic, but I'm... You can see me on the Zoom <laughs> clapping for you. Oh, this has been an incredibly difficult decision that has been a long time in the making. Uh, Katie's been with me on the the sort of back-and-forth roller coaster of should I stay, should I go? <laughs> That's honestly the last couple of years. <laughs> Um, after working on this in therapy and talking through it with trusted folks, this is really the best decision for me to support my mental and emotional health, Mm -hmm. but I'll be wrapping up seven years with this organization that I built from the ground up, which is why it's been so hard to leave. Um, and I know I'm going to grieve this, but on the bright side, my stepping down means that new folks will be stepping up and bringing new life and new energy and ideas to the work in Mississippi, and that truly is exciting, um, and I can't wait to witness that. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the hardest part of all of this is that I'm honestly not really sure what comes next for me. You know, people have been asking, um, as I've let colleagues know my plans, um, they're like, well, what are you doing next? It's always the first question. Like, because, like I'm going mm-hmm. to the next job or I'm taking some kind of promotion somehow or whatever right. or moving. And when I just say, I don't know, but for now I'm just going to rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not – I will say most folks in my life have been incredibly supportive and I'm finding – out that they've been thinking in a similar direction to and are either mm-hmm. making preparations to move on or are feeling burnout themselves and are just starting to acknowledge and, and admit that. But I have gotten a couple of like, oh, so you're just going to – you're just not going to work for a while. <laughs> and that is just a hard – you know, we've talked – all the reasons we've talked about over the years on our show, like, yeah, that's a hard thing to just sit with. Like, I'm just going to mm-hmm. rest for a while. Mm-hmm. It's radical. Yeah, it's radical. It's radical, and I have to remind myself that I I do deserve that. Um, my family deserves it, too. We're finally going to get to do some of the traveling that we've been putting off for years because we just don't make time for it with work and then, of course, the pandemic. But I am very intentionally not going to rush into the next thing because if I'm honest with myself, a lot of the choices that I've made in my adult life, especially related to my career, were just – doing the next thing that was in front of me, the next thing that was, Mm -hmm. you know, leveling up in prestige Mm -hmm. or, um, 
not really income because let's be real, it's not the nonprofit world. But like just anything that looked good on paper yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. that was that was really what informed my decision making. And mostly my career has been in service of others. I've never really allowed myself to just think about like what would make me happy? How would I like to spend my days? You know, what kind <laughs> of radical. life do I want? It is. It's radical. <laughs> so I'm going to give myself uh-huh. the space to do that and just see what happens. And I completely understand and acknowledge that being able to take some time off is an incredible privilege. I would not be able to do it without my husband's support. Y'all might remember around the time that Avery was born, my husband changed careers so that he could be home more. And we agreed that I would keep working to support the family while he started over. And now it's my turn and I'm really grateful for it. So Mm. that is what's going on. Yeah. Oh, so good. I mean, I'm just so proud of you. Thanks. Like I'm proud of the work that you've done. Yeah. Like that's a given because everything that you do is amazing, but more than that, for really honoring yourself, for challenging that inner good girl, white mm-hmm. Christian <laughs> value stuff, like for, you know, and, and dealing with the pushback mm-hmm. that you got uh, and putting your needs at the at the forefront and like doing a really hard thing by stepping away from an organization you birthed into this world. Um, I've done that. So I, mm-hmm. I feel that pain and it's a huge act of faith in yourself and in other people mm-hmm. to pick up the mantle and carry this work forward, you know, and to let it be what it's going to be. Yep. That, that act of surrender, I think is so brave. Um, so I'm just really, really proud of you. Um, and there's so much about like where you've been that resonates with me. I think I'm in a slightly different place, but it's not unfamiliar in terms of where you are of that uncertainty. What's next? not knowing and just kind of allowing that to be true right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I really, really feel that. So I'm, I'm proud of you. And I know it's not going to be just like, it's going to, it's going to be a mix of feelings yeah. about it and that's okay. And just know I'm always, I'm here for you. Thanks. I'm here for you. Uh, So for me, um, I just feel myself exhaling a lot. Like I'm holding my breath. This <laughs> has just been such a painful year. For Mm -hmm. so many reasons, some of which we've already gotten into. But for both of us, there's a whole lot of stuff that we are not going to share on this podcast (laughs) because boundaries are important. Like those are off off recording Mm -hmm. conversations. But like there's been a lot of painful revelations for me this year and processing them and feeling the grief that they bring. It's been a whole other set of work that I've been Mm -hmm. doing in addition to my day job and my family life. And it's put me in a really dark place. And to be honest, Mm -hmm. like I don't really see a way out right now. I I had a, um, I've been doing energy work with a Reiki practitioner, which I highly recommend. Mm. And on Monday I had a very disrupted session where normally it's very relaxing and peaceful. And I usually fall asleep, but I was like struggling internally the whole time. And she said, you're, you're that seed in the, in the dirt right now. Like you're in that stage of, you don't see that shoot coming up out of the ground, but like it's coming, mm-hmm. but that's where I am. I'm in that place of like, it's dark. I don't see a way out. Like what's happening. So it's hard to sit in that place, but I'm, I'm learning how to sit in that place and practice some really radical self-care. And I, I really mean radical for me, like 
I took three weeks off of work in October. I've never done that. Not even when I had my kid. God. Not Not even even. when I got married. It's the longest break I've ever had from work. Um, So that was radical for me. And learning how to move through this by really relying on friends and Mm -hmm. my partner, of course, a great therapist, and just recently with the help of medication that hasn't kicked in quite yet, but I hope will soon, because I think it's really important to destigmatize that. Yeah, as another tool that we have available to us, um, and just really, pra- I feel like I'm really practicing boundaries seriously for the first time in my life, where I am saying no and quitting things mm-hmm. and turning down invitations and ignoring some emails mm-hmm. and feeling a little less guilty about it each day. Mm-hmm. It's really, really big for me to do that, and so, so important. And I'm, I'm thankful to be learning that now. You know, mm-hmm. but it's not easy. No. So I'm proud of myself for doing that hard work because self-care is not glamorous. It's really, really brutal sometimes. I'm proud of you, too. It's you're right. It's brutal. It is. It's not easy. There's the the hard part of setting the boundaries. And then there's the hard part of dealing with the blowback that you get from setting the boundaries. Yes. Yeah, because our world is not really set up for folks to thrive in their best cared for and supportive ways there's a lot of obstacles so it's hard I'm proud of you for doing it too thank you friends you've been you've been a champion for me and a supporter and I'm just thankful that we have each other really me am too. me too and we're thankful for our kindred's audience for listening to this for listening to this yeah you know we we were trying to decide what we wanted to do for our last episode of the year. And we thought about doing a listener request episode like we've done. And then we just couldn't make that happen. <laughs> and we were like, what we if we just, just talk? What, yeah. We just needed to talk. What if we just talk about what's real for us right now? So <laughs> that is it for this episode and for this year. We are excited to come back together again in January. We do have a fun announcement coming in January about a project that Faith and Women and RCRC have been working on for the past year that we are incredibly proud of, that we feel is very timely, and it will be launching in January. We'll be able to talk more about it then, so please stay tuned. It's really pretty, too. It's really pretty. Y'all are going to – y'all, it's beautiful. (laughs) It's beautiful. We're so excited about it. So come back. (laughs) And thank you to all our listeners. We hope you get some rest and joy as we end this year. And we will talk with y'all in 2022. (laughs) 2022. (laughs) Let's enter it gently. Yes. No sudden movements. No. (laughs) Don't scare it. (laughs) Talk with you then. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website, kindredspodcast.com. That's kindreds with an S. Or you can send us an email at team at kindredspodcast.com. You can also follow me, Katie, on Twitter at Katie Zay. That's Katie with an E-Y-Z-E-H. Please send us your thoughts, ideas, and questions. We'd love to hear from you. 